Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Meetup. I'm your host, Deborah Godette, along with my lovely co-host, Ayana Tucker. And I just want to say thank you for joining us today. Yeah. So we have an exciting podcast for you today. We have with us our favorite chef, Chef Holly Herrick. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Deborah. Hey, Ayana. Lovely <laughs> hey. to be here. Glad to have I'm you glad back. Glad to have oh. you. Yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> and we have a new friend with us today. We have Brent Holiday. He is the marketing coordinator for workforce development here at Thomas Nelson Community College. Welcome to the show, Brent. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure meeting you both. Thank you for having me here. Happy Thank to have you. you. Happy to have you. Yeah. So, and since you're here, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Definitely. Sure. Uh, well, I've been uh, working with uh, helping the marketing folks uh, here at Thomas Nelson uh, for about uh, it's about a, been about a year and a half now. Um, uh, as uh, the nice folks listening to this will hear, I do retain a little bit of my uh, Appalachian accent. I grew up in uh, uh, Bristol, which is on the far western portion of the state. Um, uh, bordering uh, Tennessee. Uh, so we may talk a little bit about our Thanksgiving traditions from, from out that way, just like uh, everyone, uh, every family has their own, which is ma- what makes Thanksgiving so great. Uh, but uh, came to this part of uh, Virginia to go to college, and I've gone away and somehow always managed to come back. So uh, it's wonderful to uh, be working with such nice folks uh, here at Thomas Nelson, and uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to be here today with all of you. Thank you. Thank you so we're much. excited to have you here today. Yeah. So um, today we're going to be discussing um, Chef's Go and uh, Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving traditions, like Brent mentioned. Um, so for those who didn't catch our last podcast with Chef Holly, so Chef's Go is a culinary program here at Thomas Nelson Community College. And um, there are classroom um, and lab training opportunities as well as mentorship opportunities. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a 26-week program. 13 of those weeks are, sp- are split between classroom and actual lab time, working in the kitchen, learning all of the classical techniques and really everything that the students need to be able to get up and running and working in a, in a professional kitchen or another leg of the culinary journey. Basically, it's soups and nuts, they're ready to go. But after that part, there is a mentorship with um, several of the best local chefs in the area where our students get to actually go in and use what they've learned in the classroom and in the kitchen and put it to work um, with under the under the tutelage of those wonderful chefs. So it's also a paid mentorship. So it's really just a wonderful program. As you know, I, I'm a big fan. And I'm just so excited, like Brent, to be part of it. Yeah. One of the things that I found very, very interesting and made me interested in Chef's Go is that it's not only for people who are, are interested in furthering their culinary career, but just for people who want to get more experience in the kitchen, mm-hmm. or, you know, for everyday life. Yeah, I found that. I like that. Yeah. It's really just this awesome launching pad. I was Who was I talking? Oh, I had a... We, what I had, I was talking with a potential student who's looking into starting the program when we resume. It's looking like it's going to be in the fall now, although that's to be determined, and we may be talking more about that. But she is a person who, like so many of our students, truly, she's a Thomas Nelson student, um, studying a completely different different area altogether, which is eluding my Thanksgiving-addled brain. <laughs> I think I'm already thinking about gravy. Um, <laughs> But she just loves to cook. She said, I just love to cook, and I love to feed people. And I said, yes, yes, and yes. That's basically, if there is a commonality amongst all of our students, that is it. And um, it isn't just for going to into the restaurant world, but certainly our students are prepared to do that. But there's all kinds of arenas to jump into. Food writing, like me, we talked about that. 
working in a food truck, starting your own business, mm-hmm. going to your own pastry, catering, um, special events, P- PR work like Brent does, basically. Well, not really PR, but marketing mm-hmm. and media for the restaurant industry or the culinary industry. As I like to say, because we are in Virginia, in the Chesapeake area, the world is your oyster. There you go. like it. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a a little bit about cooking during COVID. So with all that's going on with COVID in our nation, what would you suggest is the best way to approach this Thanksgiving holiday meal that honors the Thanksgiving tradition while maintaining safety precautions? Brent, I'll jump in here. I feel like um, I think with COVID, there are so many aspects that apply to tradition, safety, and also having a delicious meal. So I think there's, there are elements that are emotional and um, very close to our hearts. Thanksgiving, I think, is, 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 is an emotional holiday. I know it is for me. It's mm-hmm. like it's very nurturing, typically, holiday, physically and emotionally. So um, I feel like this Thanksgiving, perhaps more than any other Thanksgiving all of us have, uh, Americans have lived through, is a time to be nurtured emotionally especially so I feel like as I'm approaching this Thanksgiving as I'm preparing for it I'm having a much smaller group at our table it's just me and my boyfriend Um, (laughs) I am cooking two of my favorites well four of my favorites and one of his (laughs) all of them are favorites and I feel like as a cook as the the hostess or whoever's doing the cooking and whoever's home including our chef's go students it's Thanksgiving always, but especially this year, to keep stress low. Yes. So really low. It should be a meal especially to be savored with, you know, the love of your companions that you're there with. Yeah, so, I agree. Absolutely. It should always be like that. But as I'm sure most of you know, I know, especially in my early years, I always made a massive feast and was mostly stressed and I was exhausted by, you know, midnight. And mm. so I think keep it small keep it special and get as much maximum flavor as you can. And of course, you know, keep the distancing at your table and in your kitchen. It's yes. important, even with family. Yes. So, um, so, so for my menu, for example, I'm, I'm cooking a smaller turkey. Um, I'm cooking just three or four sides and I'm going to just put an emphasis on making all of them really, really good. So, um, it also slow stress. So for me, I love mashed potatoes. So mm-hmm. I love mashed potatoes. Yeah, she did talk about that last time. <laughs> I did. I it's I am Irish. I think it's I think that's part of it, a big part of it. But um, making really extra special mashed potatoes is not hard, but taking those extra special steps makes a big difference. So mm-hmm. using the right potato, Yukon Gold is best in mm. my opinion. Um, not not. I mean, whatever you can afford, do the best. But I don't love those flaked mashed potatoes that come in a box. That yeah, I think you add hot water to. Yes, so. you're correct. Oh, see, I, I <laughs> so, specialize yes. in those. They <laughs> instant, instant <laughs> mashed potatoes. The, uh, the the hungry jack variety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. very big. Come in the blue or red box. Yeah. <laughs> so just well, I'm, I'm going to try to be nice here. But butter makes everything better. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, you start the potatoes in cold water. Put them, drain them well, put in some hot cream, some hot butter, mash them, um, and you can do that ahead and then reheat it. It's sort of like true with everything for Thanksgiving. I think people think, or you can do them ahead and then do them over a hot water bath. But I think people tend to think that... Have to do it the day of. The day of everything. The Mm -hmm. pie in the morning, you know, get up at 4 a.m., put the turkey in, panic, make the stuffing. It's really, truly almost every single thing, including the gravy, you can make ahead. 
a friend of mine, I was reading over some of her notes. She's a, her name is Natalie Dupree. She's a, a cookbook author. Have any of you heard of her? She's mm. very well known. She's from the Atlanta area. area. She's written something like 14 cookbooks and I think has two James, at least two, possibly three James Beard Awards. Oh. I know. She's she's also a massive character and a lovely lady. And she was a, a friend and neighbor of mine in Charleston, South Carolina. And I was reading over her turkey notes last night as, as I was preparing my thoughts for this meeting that I'm so looking forward to. And she wrote something that I had never really considered. I am going to be using a smaller turkey, but... Um, she does something that I think is brilliant, and she would love it that I was saying that, too, because she loves the word brilliant. But uh, <laughs> she she actually cooks two turkeys, one the, the day before, so that she has that already roasted and already cut, and she can use the pan gravy, the pan drippings to make the gravy, which she can easily reheat, and so that's done. So then she has what she calls a presentation turkey that she puts out on the table so everybody can ooh and ah like they do, you know, in the movies, I Think of any movie, even vacation. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. but that one collapses. <laughs> that one does collapse. Yes. <laughs> we don't want that. But that's a know, great idea. It's a great yeah. idea. And then it's almost have... like a cake. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like a presentation cake, and one you can eat. It's exactly. And then you could. Then there's the one to eat the next day, and you have the wonderful aroma, and you have all of the wonderfulness, but you don't mm. have any of the stress. So I like mm. it. On, on the subject of turkeys, I think. Um, uh, something I have been doing in recent years that I used to think was a complete and total waste of time, and it's uh, the topic of brining. Is, it's kind of like to brine or not to brine. People feel pretty strongly about it one way or the other. I used to kind of feel like opposed to it, like it was silly. But a brine is basically a combination of salt, sometimes a little sugar with water. Um, sometimes with a little brown sugar goes nicely in there, and some t- t- typically spices. And you soak the, t- the bird in it. The bird, as my mother said. Um, <laughs> oh, she would love that, too. Um, every, that, why does everybody say bird about turkey? Why can't they just say turkey? I mean, nobody says yeah. bird about chicken. No one, yeah, no one gets up in the morning and says, oh, the turkeys are singing. Just listen to that. Nice know? reverse logic. Yeah. It's true. It's exactly. true, Frank. Oh, well, full of turkey. Gotta get, I can remember my mother saying, got to get that bird in yeah. the oven, Herb. So we had the It's really bird. tough to get him to come to a feeder, too. Can really weigh it down. So the brine really does make a difference. It's, you know, it's 12 or 14 hours, but what the salt did, salt literally pulls the liquid into the turkey and the flavor so that you have this big juicy beautiful bird it also helps crisp the skin which is a long explanation as to why mm. but it really makes a difference that and rubbing a little butter under the skin and on top and you know as uh, another cookbook friend of mine like to say um lynn casper she's a italian cooking specialist but i once heard her say on a show you've got to keep giving that the turkey back the love so you keep basting it or you know giving it a pinch so that keeps giving back the love that ultimately becomes the gravy too mm. so i think it's just making everything a little bit better a little more attention to detail but less of everything ah oh, got you and then, then you don't feel like you know overwhelmed overwhelmed or like you know Jonah the whale at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and everybody's happy. I've never had whale for Thanksgiving. Should I brine the whale, Holly? Or yeah. I, I think, think you put it in the salt. oven. Yeah. Better watch that fault, the, the breaking down the, the fat. Yeah, it was the most tender Peter, part of the whale. Peter, if you're listening, that was a joke. I, I, I do not advocate having whale for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, no, I think we're going to have a bird. Bird. Yeah, a bird. 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 And everybody says with the emphasis, emphasis on the wrong syllable. 
but and you just assume it's turkey. They could be serving you a different kind. This of This is true. This is true. That's true. Get some clarification on that. Turducken. It's interesting that you brought that up because we had heard about that actually doing another another podcast thing. Like, like, turducken. We had oh, never heard yeah. of that before. Louisiana yeah. is the first that's, place I ever heard someone mention, but Hollywood no more than no. That's than bringing I. us right into the regional t- differences. Turducken yes. is very much New Orleans and Louisiana, and it's see if I can get my 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 foods right. Duck, turkey, and chicken? It's, yes. It's a duck stuffed with a chicken stuffed into a turkey. Have you yes. ever had it before, Brent? Uh, I have. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, really good. It's, it's, it's very good. I, I had a co-worker from Louisiana, and she would make I, I understand it's very labor-intensive. It, it um, is. It's, it's, um, it's massive. It, it's massive. <laughs> you have to combine the two and then tie it off and roll it, and it... it, it because obviously you have the the duck, which is the dark meat, which mm-hmm. provides uh, a lot of the, the wonderful fat and flavor. So it's funny when it, it gets sliced off; it sort of looks like a. Remember the old Little Debbie uh, Swiss cake? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It's sort of the oh. meat equivalent of the Little Debbie Swiss cake. Mm-hmm. You have the different layers. I can see that. I can the see The French it. call it a, a roulade. Ah, it's or a jelly roll is another yeah, way. Yeah. I, jelly roll to meat, anyway. I, I think maybe because we used to have coulade to drink at my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the French would come. Not yeah, we had coulade too. Coulade, coulade, coulade flavors. Flavors. red coulade. Red. Red. We yeah. had to dump that sugar in there. Exactly, and and people said later on there were flavors. Like there was a coulade doesn't go by flavor; it goes by color. Like, we're out of red. We're out of green. It's okay, we you get whatever's left. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Purple. So. So, but turducken, right? I would imagine that that's good because you can serve it at any holiday because it's got so many different types of meat in it. Like you got, it can be Thanksgiving or Christmas or. It is definitely Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I, I, I have, I have had turducken because I knew a friend in Charleston who was from, who is from a parish near New Orleans. I can't believe I can't think of the name of it because he said it in a very New Orleans kind of way. But anyway, it was a town that he loved and he served. He was a great cook. I, I, I don't know where Donnie is these days, but anyway, he, would, he was a fabulous cook and always served a turducken at Thanksgiving and at Christmas. Ah, okay. With a, it makes a great gravy because it's got all those wonderful meats kind of mixed up going in together. Yes. Mm. So that's definitely very New Orleans. And then Brent was telling me about some of the places where in Western Virginia that he's familiar with. And I grew up in New England and lived in Charleston forever. And then Virginia has its own here right in this area, Virginia, right here, Jamestown, Williamsburg area. Um, its own as well and I'm sure you ladies have some that you grew up with and know and love I, I know I just want a, a baked mac and cheese like <laughs> serve whatever else you want as long as I get my baked mac and cheese what? Now, are you a fan of the breadcrumbs on top no okay <laughs> <laughs> that's like the brine no brine I know with mac and cheese people go both ways yeah so. but it's, it's serious too I no give me my baked mac and cheese <laughs> like and I want that's that falls right into and actually mac and cheese is very I think of it as very southern for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. I Mm-hmm. I and I unfortunately have developed like like a manic almost obsessive love of mac and cheese and I do make a really good one but it's, and I use four different Can I taste things. it? <laughs> yes, maybe we'll do that. Prove it. Yeah. Well, I I do. I have it's a it's just so wonderfully wonderful because it's so delicious and you can make it ahead. Yay. You can prep it ahead and then just pop it in the oven and bake it off. Make it ahead and see if you have any left on Thanksgiving yeah, Day. Yeah, if you were at my house on Thanksgiving, exactly. you might not. <laughs> Sounds like you love it as much as I do. Yes. But I put, I use a sturdy noodle and I put four different cheeses. I love a conch cheese and a gruyere, and a, which is a kind of basically a play on Swiss. 
and it's sharp cheddar and sometimes I put blue it's so, so delicious you know what Chef maybe that's like we can have Chef Holly back on and she, we can she can walk can we, us through something well, what like I did that was it's 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 such a delicious dish not mine in specifically but I mean I happen to love it too mm. like you I wasn't bragging yeah <laughs> no but problem. It's, it's a bechamel sauce which is one of the classic sauces as our chefs go students know it's a basically a milk and a roux sauce mm. and then you put in the cream or rather oh. the milk or rather the cheese it's the, all in there ah mm. got you got so so Brent, tell us some of your Thanksgiving favorites or Thanksgiving traditions. From sure. well, I, I was when when Holly and I were coming in, I always said, and I and I I do encourage people to do this because I love you know gathering like everybody around food. Uh, we know that this year, like so many other things, this is going to be a little different. Um, but I think there's a real opportunity, even with reduced uh, family gathering, you know, smaller sizes and. And, and people um, not traveling as much uh, to uh, it's it's been fascinating to me uh, where over the years as I've said it wh- whether they were people I've known all my life or maybe they were just uh, uh, friends or guests invited around the table asking them you know what were the foods that you ate um, what are your Thanksgiving traditions because I find there's so many amazing uh, regional things or people that will someone will pipe up and say oh well you know, I'm sure this was unique to us. And then someone they've never met at the other end of the table say, oh, we did something just like that or something like that. So um, we, we've, of, of course, uh, myself growing up in the western part of Virginia and uh, where the southern Appalachians come in that way, uh, our traditions are, we, we have the same, you know, turkey mashed potato stuffing that, that's, uh, you know, sort of ubiquitous but uh, one of the things certainly that that I remember as a little boy growing up and goes back to um, the the settlers coming in you know crossing the Blue Ridge and getting into the park uh, was you know wild game and people hunted Uh, my uh, father when I was a little boy was was a big deer hunter and uh, so venison, venison was always mm, a much a part of our uh, <laughs> thing. We we always had, uh, a, along with um, turkey, we always had some sort of venison, either a venison roast or uh, I don't know if y'all ladies have ever had. I had uh, that venison, venison roast before. I okay. thought it was chicken, it, but it tastes like good. It's it's very good. <laughs> it's it's a very very lean. Um, and Holly will correct me if I say anything wrong culinary wise no. uh, that uh, you know it's a very lean red meat uh, it's it's um, prepared right it's got a wonderful uh, wonderful flavor in a roast a lot of people because it has such a low fat content um, some of my relatives would make it into chilies or stews mm-hmm. or something that we would have along uh, with that um, it's so, delicious. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I love uh, it because uh, it's got the gamey flavor, but not overwhelming like bear. Mm. Yeah, it, if it's prepared right, I, I, various people had sort of to brine or not to brine. My great grandmother would swear by uh, soaking venison in tomato juice. Oh, interesting. Uh, to reduce the because the flake you know, pull out that flavor. pull out that gamey flavor mm. from the acorns and the things that. that the That's so interesting. Of. I need to look into um, that. My mom's um, mom uh, would use buttermilk. Yes, uh, which I th- uh, is is I think a lot of things get chicken marinated. for sure. Yeah, so mm-hmm. for the same ha- having wild game there as part of it. Um, uh, I mentioned to Holly coming in, my, my great grandmother, um, who I didn't get to know very well, uh, was um, uh, famous in the family for making these things called mincemeat pies, which. Mm. 
uh, is a combination of uh, it's raisins and spices and apples and apples and, and then traditionally and now like you can still get like a a, a frozen mincemeat pie but it's all fruit. In the days before refrigeration, you would actually put like uh, beef suet or fat and mix that in with the spices because it was a way of preserving the um, the beef tallow before. So, you know, through the winter months before refrigeration. Mm. And it's Cheers. a little bit of a lost art because it sounds, frankly, it does sound a little bit nasty when you think about all those ingredients together. But when it's done wonderfully, as I'm sure your grandmother did. My great-grandmother, your great-grandmother was so renowned. It is that. remarkable. It's kind of like fruitcake. Somebody was showing me, on, you know, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I, all my friends are, almost everyone I know is interested in food or cooking or is a chef, so um, I get a lot of food stuff on my pages. But there's a beautiful picture of a really gorgeous fruitcake. And when I was in junior high school, I was in the band. Yes, I admit it. I was a nerd, and we sold that Claxton fruitcake. Okay. Claxton Farms fruitcake. <laughs> we tried to sell it. And, you know, I had, I, it's hard to sell something that you don't really believe in. And mm-hmm. I, I, I ate it, and I thought it was nasty because it had those really green jelly mm. They, they taste like I think they're supposed to taste like mint, but they don't. I don't. It was horrible, but anyway, the, the, it tastes like cough drops. It was yes, it does like a cough drop, yeah. except to chewy in like a pie, in a cake. In a, in a cake. Oh, it's it, 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 it's like a cake <laughs> that's been compressed, like you know, like you would garbage or a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like slicing it into. It's just terrible. But the, anyway, this woman had made this most gorgeous fruit cake, mm-hmm. and it had just it, it's a real it's a labor of love. It's a process. There's a there's an aging there's a you have to keep, uh, you know, kind of giving it coats of uh, some kind of booze. I think it's bourbon. I'm, I'm not sure. It's brandy. Brandy. Okay. Thank you. It's like a, in, I mean, you can use that. <laughs> you can use whatever you have. <laughs> okay. Handy. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. But anyway, it had all these beautiful pecans, beautifully arranged on top. It really looked delicious. So I think that there are so many of our traditions, especially those uh, that involve a lot of time and a lot of love that, you know, kind of get get swallowed up a little bit in the world of speed, which is one of, you know, the world of our fast-paced world. But it's one of the things that I think has been a real advantage, and there are silver linings with COVID, is that people have really, by, by, by necessity or by, you know, emotional or financial necessity or whatever the need, it's just taking the time to sit back, get some perspective and, you know, smell the roses a little bit, take the time to make the bread, take the time to smell it baking, you know, just take the time to really enjoy life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So again, I think that's another reason why Thanksgiving is just going to be super special. I'm hoping for everybody this mm-hmm. year. And don't be afraid to. Holly, uh, feel free to wait. Uh, as, again, going back to learning, I love learning, you know, meeting new people, learning about them and about their, in this case, their Thanksgiving traditions. I think it's really interesting what you, what I've learned at, at people who aren't afraid to improvise. Like uh, I have a, a dear friend of mine and his family. They were a mix of uh, everyone in the family was from, it was either in the military or uh, first responders. or So they were like, we didn't know what it was to have Thanksgiving off. Right. You know, someone was always, a couple people might be off, but, you know. Like restaurant so, workers. Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, dad might be at the firehouse and mom was a nurse. Never cetera. an opportunity to all be together. Exactly. And what they realized was, and for years this caused them stress. They were like, you know, someone had to eat standing up. We were doing, and they were like, wait a minute. No one, le- we finally figured out that no one left until right after noon. So what they did was they turned their Thanksgiving into breakfast. They made 
uh, oh. sweet potato pancakes, turkey cranberry sausage, and basically oh, I love it. Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner into, into Thanksgiving breakfast, like where it. they were all around the table together. That's so. a brilliant. I, there's that word again. Brilliant. Brilliant. I like it. <laughs> it does not apply to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds excellent. I guess they will turn it over to me now. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. The COVID numbers are increasing nationwide. How has this impacted the Chef's Go program? Well, Yana, unfortunately, it has impacted us in the ways that are, well, uh, regrettably, we've had to push it back, our starting time, but, in, but for reasons that make a lot of sense in that um, mainly our, our, our the kitchen where we work at Warhill mm-hmm. High School, which is a public high school near our downtown or Williamsburg um, campus, it's a wonderful kitchen, but with everything happening and, and so much uncertainty still, we felt um, it was better. We, we didn't know if our, it's likely the school itself will be open, but we didn't know if we would have access to the, to kitchen. the kitchen. So rather than get everybody geared up for our February, mid-February start date, um, there's also some other things going on with our chef mentors who are dealing with some really real issues in their own restaurants you know real issues with staffing and it's just a tough time in that industry right now but everyone's available what really as I tell as we tell our students we want you know we want them to have not just 100% wonderful experience but 200% so we want them to have it all not compressed and as as good as it can possibly be. feel rushed basically. Yeah, rushed or you know and also the other thing is there's there are opportunities of course to do online online teaching but we felt myself and robin um patterson or rather i'm sorry robin carson and allison patterson who we all sort of worked together with the program put our heads together and said well, really it's just cooking really has to be it really does have to be hands-on you mm-hmm. really have to have all your senses especially your nose and you know yeah. right if you can't smell it or see it or hear it you, you're not really cooking it it's just you really need all your senses in cooking so long beginning to a short answer we are um we have decided to definitely put it back we're thinking it's going to be August, September start time, moving into 2021. Um, we're going to reconvene in January to kind of come up with that, and we'll be keeping you apprised as we move along. But, you know, thank goodness, hallelujah, and mercy to all the powers that be in science for making so much progress these days with um, the vaccine. So for yes. all of us, yeah. I think that's shining a much brighter light on our future for Chef's Go and, and, the, and the world. Yeah, definitely. So that's where we are with that. So all of our students are we're hanging in and cooking, and I'll be checking in with them. We'll all be checking in with them to see what they're doing for Thanksgiving. Um, and we might be able to have some of that up on social media, too. Oh, sure. I like it. You yeah. kind of touched on the the, no the, the um, beginning of the program, uh, the start date being pushed back. Will we know for sure when that's going to be? Or, or do we have an idea of when? Yeah. Um, well, we were hoped to start in mid-February. And we decided about two or three weeks ago that that's not really, that's not going to work. So, so it's looking, we're hopeful, and but we're just not... We don't want to broadcast anything specific until right. we look at where we are again in January. Oh, yeah. I like it. And then we, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, because, think... because it's hard to put the students on hold, you know. It's not mm-hmm. it's not fun for any of us. Nobody at all. Yeah. So everyone is so far as, of course, is understanding. But, it's, you know, it's I we want it to be sure. So right. we're looking so... at January. We can mean you're looking at it. Okay. And at that point in time, we will make it well, near that point in time within within the a month or so of that time, we'll make a definite decision as to the starting date. Okay. But right now, 
No. Stay tuned. Stay tuned, but we're looking at late summer, early fall. Fingers and crossed. We think that we think as all systems go, we're looking for a couple of alternative kitchens just so we have, you know, even hopefully as the program grows, we're hoping it will grow into two full semesters a year over time. Um, that is to say two 26-week programs each year. Um, so it'd be, it'd be great to have, as wonderful as our kitchen is, it's always great to have a backup, especially since you never know what's coming your way these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Definitely. 2020, Definitely. the year of unknowns. Yes. <laughs> it's like yes. a roller coaster. <laughs> I know. When, like, the, if you're sitting in the front and you can't see which way the track is going to mm-hmm. go, that's the way I would Absolutely. describe that roller coaster ride. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so getting back to uh, Thanksgiving uh, history and traditions, let's talk a little bit about the first Thanksgiving, ham, roasting pits, wild turkey, um, corn, squash, the rest of those sides. So um, just like the turkey is one of the uh, traditional Thanksgiving foods, so are the sides. Why is that? And how did these particular foods become associated with Thanksgiving? Oh, boy, that's that's a lot going on there. Uh, but, but I mean, that's awesome, though. But I think specific to this area, to Virginia, I mean, Virginia has uh, a lot of firsts specifically as it relates to Thanksgiving that... Um, that I think is pretty awesome. I mean, Jamestown, 1607, got three ships full of people, hungry, hungry people. Somebody, I wrote it as like a crash course in starvation. God bless them. But it was really, they, it it was rough when they got here. I mean, they didn't have any food. They didn't know how to, how to really work the land here. None of this stuff was indigenous to them, but, you know, our oysters, our corn, or the corn, the oysters that were here, there were unfamiliar to those completely. So um, with the help of our our good friends, the Algonquin Indians and um, Chief Powhatan, for some odd reason, I always want to say Powhatan. I don't know. But they graciously helped these people um, become familiar with their their native foods. So with corn, um, squash, especially in the season of... um, a season of November, which is traditionally the harvest, the end of the harvest. So that's kind of like the timeline for October, November began then. So that was really the first official Thanksgiving in in this country was 1610, hosted largely by, well, not official is, officials kind of not really, there's all kinds of official Thanksgivings, which leads to George Washington, who did the official proclamation in 1789 for a national, for Thanksgiving on um, November 26th. And then later, President Lincoln made it a national holiday. And predating our Thanksgiving, there were others in other parts of the world, but it all goes to harvest and Thanksgiving and praise. But to get to your question about the sides, um, Deborah, it's, it, it goes to the seasonality of whatever region you're in. So here, corn, peanuts, um, the, the, the ham was, is a big, was and is a big deal. Um, because uh, we have these pigs that are gorging themselves on these beautiful peanuts that came to us from Africa, along with okra and a few other things that are also staples in southern foods like um, gumbo or I can't even think of another okra dish right now, gumbo. I think um, Brunswick stew, frequent, which is a Virginia mm. dish, frequently uses okra. Um, but so the hams, are, they're eating these gorgeous peanuts and they're getting fat and delicious and but because it was so early in the 17th century we didn't have refrigeration so they salt cured them so that's becomes this delicious virginia ham that's salt cured and smoked and you get these delicious little slivers that are served in biscuits which are southern so i really believe that the seasonality of the time of the year 
and the region that sort of dictates what the dish is going to be, what the side dish is going to be. Mm. And turkey is a natural, is a, is a wild bird. There's that word again. Bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I guess people still see them. I haven't ever seen a wild turkey. I know, have you, Brent? Oh, yes. I, so I've never yes. seen a wild turkey. I would love to see that. But um, they... I think they're still roaming around out there, a lot of oh, them. Oh, we have quite a few. Uh, this time of year, is it, certainly in uh, Williamsburg and the surrounding area where I live, where we, we have a fair amount of wooded areas, it's not unusual to see, um, uh, especially around sundown, you'll see, especially if, you, if, you can, if you're going by, say, an open field or somewhere like that. You mm. see, and you definitely, of course, notice by the, the, you know, the turkeys we consume at Thanksgiving our farm raising their their plumage is all white, whereas wild turkeys has the beautiful colors. The really pretty. Uh, I guess it's a, a brown, and then the the toms, who are the males, will have the red. Uh, of course, the men yeah. always have the better colors. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think of that every time I see the cardinals in my garden. Um, but yeah, and and also, um, sorry to interrupt you, Brent, but. Um, not just turkey, though, again, depending on where you are in the country. It's certainly here in Virginia, Virginia ham's a big deal, too, for Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. for Christmas. As well as peanut soup is another thing that's traditional in Virginia. And I've never here. had that. It's very, very good. It's a beautiful, almost rust color. It's a bit, there's a lot of variations in cooking it, but it's you, you have the basic um, celery, um, onion, um, kind of basic stock flavor components that are cooked and then along then you add those delicious peanuts which I think are often roasted and then you get this beautiful puree it's almost like a peanut bisque it's delicious and it's often the restaurants in Surrey County serve wonderful uh, peanuts okay and then peanut pie too yes they do that's another one have you ever had that Ayana Mm -hmm. we've been missing out I yeah, also I haven't had it. I've been missing out on a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's, had, Brett's had both. I have had both, yes. And I can recommend both highly. Ah. Especially if you top them with mac and cheese. They go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anything oh, with mac and, and cheese, cheese, right? Mm. Okay. So since she was already talking about there's um, traditions, different regions celebrate Thanksgiving in different ways. What have you found are some variations on Thanksgiving things across the United States? So uh, Brett's touched on, I think, is a wonderful sort of slice of Americana there where he grew up. I grew up in um, New England, you know, mm-hmm. I was born in Alabama. But that was, I was only there for a year, so I don't remember much of that. But um, in, in the central Massachusetts where I grew up, which, and again, Thanksgiving, we think, I think a lot of us think of Plymouth Rock and, and all of that, or at least I do, because that's where I grew up. But um, it was... Uh, the, the things that we ate there it was very similar there's a lot of commonality of course turkey um but my nana was my nana was from um, nova scotia in canada so that's another whole neck of the woods mm-hmm. literally yes. and she made she was a wonderful cook she loved to make every thanksgiving she made her famous and it was famous and delicious apple cake which is this a moist yellow cake that has layered with very thin Thin. I think she used Granny Smith apples, and it's got some cinnamon, oh and I think some sour cream. That sounds good. It is. It's, it's <laughs> sort of like it's sort of like apple coffee cake on on steroids. It's just delicious. She also made these wonderful creamed onions. Which is anybody else have those? That's, that's I, I make them every year. It's sort of my ode to Nana. Does anybody else do those? You said creamed onions. Creamed onions. Yeah, onions. That little baby, the little baby. Um, I can't even think I of think the pearl I'm onions. Taste that pearl too. Onions. 
Yeah, I love anything with onions. Well, yeah, she, yeah, she never put the onions on the salad. She's she, seen how many onions I eat. I then I had that. onion and, rings for lunch. And they're yeah. good for onions are so good for you. And they're so again, I was going to I always go to Julia Child when I need my soul nurtured with um things about all things cooking. And I was looking through what she had to say about Thanksgiving. See, I was doing my pre- pre- preparation. But I she like it. I got caught on the onion. Was too. Yes, I got caught on the baked onions. She was she's like Everybody has a baked onion with a burger. This is so funny that she like was revering baked, big like mega big onions. I like I don't even like like softball sized onions that she baked off and then which had and put over a burger. But mm. I digress. The little pearl onions are sort of um, they start with butter, of course, and then um, a little bit of flour to make a roux, and then some stock, and then um, just simmer them until they're very tender, and then finish them with a little cream. Actually, I'll get them out of cream. I, of course, I my personal touch, again, Julia inspired, is to put a splash of vermouth and some thyme. Nana didn't do the vermouth. She Nana, Nana didn't do <laughs> the vermouth. Or at least vermouth. it never made it into the onions. <laughs> no. Nana was, uh, when I always get this wrong, teetotaler, is that the person that doesn't drink? She. That's the teetotaler, yes. Yeah, I never understood because she was like the last of 26 children and her father was 82 and had two wives, 13 by each. I don't know how she got oh, through wow. that. I know. Wow. I think that's why she was a pretty good cook. But so that's what we would have. And then um, then when I lived in Charleston, and also it's prevalent here, Every you know, the corn is corn is big here and, you know, grit, spoon bread. In the South, it's thankfully great, great and big in, in, our, in our cuisine. Grits. Um, fritters um mm-hmm. but um where was i going with that uh, oh cornbread cornbread dressing so you, you make a beautiful fresh cornbread bread using really nice grits ideally and then fold that in with some sausages some oysters that's very much a virginian kind of a dressing and even maybe some virginia ham too so salty and sort of the briny with the oysters and this nice nutty the nice nutty mm. corn um so uh, there's so that's here. So that's in the South. So I kind of feel like I've had a little bit of everything. And then when I lived in Wyoming, um, I got, gosh, I did cook. I cooked a lot of big Thanksgivings there. Of course, it's big country, but it was every. I guess everything was just bigger. You know, big. It was big. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything particular that stands out, except that we did a lot of game there. I, um, yeah, I was like out, out in the Mountain in West, and uh, I was telling uh, Holly this again, going back to. Uh, a dear friend of mine who last couple of years has hosted us for thanks uh, Thanksgiving. Her husband is from Montana, and uh, uh, she just referred to it as, as uh, uh, John's family's uh, salad that he made. It's and I, I'm, I'm forgetting some of the ingredients, but, but what stands out is Granny Smith apples and uh, Snickers bars cut up and like a, a mayonnaise based. Dressing. Oh boy! Really? And I wait, I mean, and, and it's it's one of those don't knock it till you try it kind of thing. I, I and I thought I, I was like, I, and and I asked her, and I was like, is this? She's like, I never heard of it anywhere else. And sure enough, I just happened to um, run into someone, and they were like, oh yeah, that's throughout the Rocky Mountains. That's a huge thing. Mm. And and that's one of the things I think. I mean, I. I, I'd love to hear more about y'all's yes. uh, Thanksgiving traditions, but one of the, uh, and I was hearing someone on NPR just the other day say that um, Thanksgiving is a uniquely American holiday. Yeah, uh, our other holidays all borrow from some of it. So you uniquely American, and in true American fashion, it has room to welcome in and absorb 
you know, all the other cultures coming into America, just like as ideally we hope America mm-hmm. absorbs and welcomes uh, those other cultures. So like, for example, when I, the, uh, I lived briefly in Texas, um, you had traditional Thanksgiving, but everybody in Texas on Thanksgiving has tamales. Whether you make them or you buy them from the wonderful tamale ladies who are the vendors, uh, that w- would come in just because so you have that interplay of the, of the Spanish Mexican heritage with the um, the folks who had come you know settled into Texas from from what was then the uh, the United States. Um, I'm sure there are thing, traditions in there are in the, California me, and things like that. The barbecue pit that we, I mentioned in the notes that you mentioned earlier, I forgot to address, but that's also comes mostly from American Indians, but also from Spain. Um, barbacoa, I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Is our our when we say barbecue, it's a derivative of that word, which is Spanish for a kind of a roasting pit. So pigs in, in South Carolina, pigs are big. Pigs are I mean, it's it, big. How big? They're bigger than big. Big onions, big pigs, big are peanuts. Big as the turkey birds. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, barbecue is like. I mean, it is. It's a religion in Charleston, oh, South yes. Carolina. There's a whole county and in, in Petey County, and uh, just above Charleston. That's and when you, I mean, it's like it's like bringing up religion or politics at at Thanksgiving if, or any time of the year if you start getting into barbecue because then there's the sauces, there's the method, you know, what's better, who's best. I think that's it's, all year round because I'm from yeah. I'm from North Carolina, not South Carolina, and I know our barbecue is so different from what Northerners it, or, you know, people from the vinegar, the, and the, the vinegar and like hot sauce and crushed red pepper. That's that's barbecue to me. That's, what <laughs> I, that's my personal favorite prep. I love that particular sauce as opposed to mustard or tomato base. That, that to me is, I love the heat and the acid. So that goes yeah. with the pig to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where in North Carolina? Well, um, you've probably seen a sign. If you're on 95 South, you might have seen a sign for Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah, sure. Well, that's kind of like my Newport News from, from here. It's I, I'm from the small town of Nashville, North Carolina, which we call it the original Nashville. I love that. <laughs> just, I went to Raleigh last week, and I just oh, passed it. Oh, yeah, so you know. Sure yeah, do. yeah, yeah. I thought you looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever go back that way. Stop in Rocky Mount at a restaurant called Gardner's and order their their barbecue. Let me know what you think. Oh, yeah. oh I want to go down too. Yeah. yeah, me too. I'm about to get in there. <laughs> I, I stopped in Smithfield, North Carolina once. Oh, okay. They have wonderful barbecue. Yeah, yeah. So you know all about that that oh, North Carolina yeah. barbecue, right? Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and then we have Smithfield right here too. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's never even within just you know just a few for you know barbecue like Thanksgiving very. People yes. put their own take we are, on it. We're passionate Just, about the, our barbecue. And then there's Texas <laughs> about barbecue. Yeah, Kansas City. Oh, yes. Yeah, Memphis. Memphis. It's, yeah. It's true. It's also wonderfully American, but uh, yet brought from other places. Well, you were going to say maybe where you're oh, from. Oh, I'm just from Newport News. Oh, um, well, that's good. Yeah, my family is from um, Southampton and Franklin, Virginia. What's barbecue to you? Well, barbecue to me, I just go to the um, restaurant and pick it up. <laughs> is, it, is it the kind with uh, the hot sauce but, and vinegar or... I think no. I think it's the one. Yes, with the one with the hot sauce and vinegar. Okay. I like okay. the juices and the flavor yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, I like some barbecue though. I just gotta find the right people to make it. Got you. <laughs> you all have things specific to the, your families would do at Thanksgiving. Oh, in terms I of think for me it would like be the cabbage and collard greens. Collard, oh, definitely yeah. your collard greens. greens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my greens. Yeah. Um, I think that's yams. what I'm looking forward to. Oh, yes, the now, see, yams. There you go. And you put the... Um, the yams versus sweet potatoes kind oh, of Oh, yes. Thing. To oh. me, the yams you can put are the, marshmallows the bright on it. orange marshmallows. 
and and then sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes uh, and uh, yams are, I think, you know, I should know, but I think same. they're pretty much the same. I think it's kind of like a different name for the same thing. Okay. okay. Um, one has a crust and one doesn't. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. you're right. <laughs> In in my eyes, that's the way I look at them. Do you do do you do yours with the marshmallow and the sugar and all of that, or do no. you do it? You can put the brown sugar on it or some yeah. syrup in it or something to mix it up. Mm. I literally like the way that I eat my yams. You can literally mash it up and put it in a shell, and it'd be the sweet potato pie. So yeah, I, think, <laughs> I, think I love that. Easier we, to better. We always <laughs> had the ones where the yams were. Where was, I think it was Cairo syrup and. Uh, marshmallows on top. Yeah. Was, no, my ex-husband yeah. loved that. Yeah, it was definitely... Uh, <laughs> sorry, but I still love that. Get the fun. blood sugar up there. Just yeah. It's a K-Row sugar? K-Row syrup. Syrup. Yeah. K-Row syrup. Which, which is What's, corn syrup. Oh, okay. So sort of like... Not like the syrup for pancakes, right? No, no. Okay, okay. Different sourcing than it tastes almost molassesy, very yeah. sweet. Yeah. Oh, molasses! That's a, that's a whole nother subject. I don't like molasses. I don't know what it is. It's similar. It reminds me of root beer. You know, it's got like oh, is it a a and w? It's got like eight hundred ingredients in it, but it's. <laughs> I do happen to love. I, I love ginger snap cookies, and they have molasses. In them. Oh, I like ginger snaps. Wait a minute, yeah. but that's one thing. And I do like ginger snaps. So, but it's it's hmm. it's it's modified a little bit by there's there's a ton of butter in them too. Oh, okay. So you've got butter meat, like mellow butter meets spicy, hot, sweet molasses meets ginger meets oven meets mouth. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> it's been the use. The bakeries in Colonial Williamsburg would uh, they would do. Uh, uh, molasses cookies and like these little, you know, like a molasses bread with the really dark coloring. Yes, molasses is an old, is, an, is another, it goes to a, a, an older time for sure, a way of pres- preservation. Um, and I don't know enough about it to speak intelligently, but it is, it's a, it's a method of preservation that's used. Well, there. it's also like, you know, refined sugar was very expensive. Yes. Yes, so well of course, molasses yes. Molasses for certain things, just as the Indians only natural sweet was honey, so you mm. honey and syrup for or tap from um, from the trees. Right. But yes, right. you're right. It molasses was a cheap form of sugar. Yeah. Just like um Vinegar is a cheap form of wine. And in the Appalachians, we have what called sorghum molasses, which is... A, sorghum, that's... You, I've you're heard right, of that before. You're right on target with everything you're saying about sorghum and molasses. Sorghum tastes a little bit different. Which, yeah, it's it's a different... Um, uh, whatever it's pressed from is a slightly different... Yes, it's plant, a different... I think. I, I think it's cane. My great-grand... It's some cane? type of cane, and my great-grandfather was big on sorghum molasses on biscuits, which... I think I would have liked your grandmother, Brett, or yeah. grandfather, and both of them, but Brett was telling me on the way here from Williamsburg that his grandfather used... And I think I got this right. used to go out and hunt for turkey at, on the you, morning and my of dad, it, Things I'm sure have changed, and I was never a hunter, but it used to be that... Uh, uh, hunting season ran right through Thanksgiving morning. So, if if people, it was not, we never saw my dad that morning. It was always <laughs> until he came in back. Uh, very seldom did he come back with anything, but he used to go out. And say, <laughs> he tried. He tried. He tried. Um, uh, there was the one year we did very well that he hit the deer with the car, and uh, several of the families did okay on that. One, oh so. boy, that reminds me of the, the Thanksgiving it was that I went hunting. Major parentheses here with my <laughs> God bless him, my very sweet ex husband. He's like he got the gun out, this big and huge old gun. And you know, we lived in Minneapolis, but he was from Iowa. I'd never seen him with these big boots on, this massive gun. And he 
they you know they didn't have a dog they were gonna they went they were gonna go pheasant hunting they mm -hmm. we did go pheasant hunting and i was i was the dog to flush out the birds that was my job <laughs> so and i was like okay i'm game so um we're stalking through these cornfields that were half frozen and really rugged and depressing looking and then all of a sudden out of nowhere holly the the dog flusher spots a beautiful male pheasant, beautiful, and his hen was nearby. I was down in a gully. I mean, I'm a much younger. I, I must have been crazy. I don't know. But these, <laughs> these, my my husband's brother, a cousin, Tom. I think he'd already been into some bourbon or something. It, it was very raucous out there, and I felt like I was very vulnerable. And I saw these birds, and I just had I caught it eye to eye with this pheasant. This male was beautiful, and he looked at me, and I looked at. I was sort of like. Oh. You know, just, go, 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 you're in trouble. So I flushed it fast and go, go, oh, get it. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and the, this poor bird, they clipped his wing and he fell out of the sky. And I, don't, I think they eventually found it. And, we, and then my grandmother, or my grandmother, my God, my mother in law, who was a fabulous cook, but she was also from Iowa where they don't, you don't eat anything medium rare or even medium or, or even done. You eat everything, especially poultry. Well done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she cooked that too. It's been a fabulous cook. I could talk about her cooking forever, but when it came to anything meat, and Iowa has some beautiful meats, beautiful pork, beautiful that poor bird. She just cooked it to death. I mean, pun not intended. And on top of that, the the pellets were in it. So I actually bit down on one ooh, of the pellets. Ooh. So it was. A, it's not a happy story. I just, unfortunately, I I'm sorry I brought it up because it was an actual. It, wasn't a great memory, but it was a really nice Thanksgiving. She made a great apple pie. Yeah. On the bright side. Yeah, there, the there you go. Got a good apple hitting, pie out of the deal. the deer with the car was a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was no pellets. There was maybe a hood ornament. Piece of the grill. Piece of a headlight. Yeah. yeah. Easily removed. <laughs> Poor deer. Just got to wash it off yeah, a little bit. A lot of it. Pick it out of there. It's a bigger animal. It's a, yeah, it's a much more humanely harvested than a poor pheasant. I really felt horrible for the pheasant. But I, yeah. Anyway, Thanksgiving horror stories. <laughs> Roadkill. Literally. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that leads me to your next question. One of my favorite Thanksgiving sides is gravy. What is the key to making great gravy and other sides, in your opinion? Um. Well, it's thank you for that's a great question because gravy is gravy is kind of what brings everything together on that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I heard day. you keep talking about this gravy and the turkey and yeah. it makes your own gravy. And I'm sitting here like, well, the only thing I do to make gravy is get the pack and put some water in it and measure it and put it in the pan. So um, I'm, I'm so glad that you asked this question, Iana, because um, it is it's the key that holds it all together. And I think because. Gravy is technically a sauce, and sauce sounds scary to a lot of people. No, I like sauce. Sauce the better. <laughs> we, yes, but <laughs> you should have so, saw me at the subway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go to another. Uh, that's funny. Another family experience. Uh, God bless my family. I hope none of them are listening to this when it comes out. But my my brother Carrie has a, his. I guess for all intents and purposes, his wife. I doesn't. She hosted a lovely Thanksgiving one year, but she didn't know how to make gravy, so she gave me a, a vat of. I don't know where, I think it's just something she bought in a store and asked me to make it better. Oh, boy, I couldn't make it better. I mm. added salt, I added pepper, I added honey, I added wine, I added mustard. I, I reduced it. I I, I, I prayed. But it's, it's still, it's <laughs> there was still, no saving that. It, it, tasted, it tasted like nothing, and it looked like 
Nothing. Yellow, thick and yellow <laughs> something. It just is horrible. So the key to the delicious gravy is. I need to write this down. It's, it's, it's the pan drippings from the it's pan drippings from the turkey. So what that is comprised of is is the fat and the butter. And, and in my case, I usually put a bit, little bit of wine over the turkey as it's cooking. A little bit of white wine. Um, most people do something like that or some stock. And there's usually some vegetables like onions and carrots and um, celery. And sometimes, if we've been talking earlier, sometimes, like I also like to do, put um, some citrus, especially orange or lemon, in the in the cavity of the turkey. Um, some garlic. You know, all of these things are cooking down to those 20 minutes a pound of that turkey, however big it is cooking. So they're making, they're putting flavor into the bird, but also into the drippings of the bird. Mm-hmm. So as that, I said it, I said it, I said it again. The bird. Oh, <laughs> that bird, that bird. Good thing that bird doesn't have wings. <laughs> it fly right away. But, uh, like can't fly a short distance. <laughs> just a little bit. For like those, just a little hop. For those of you listening, turkeys cannot fly, so do not drop them from a high hop. Yeah, but just a hop, not a real full-on, you know, yeah. geese adventure. But so, so it's important to let those juices kind of accumulate in the pan, and then in the, in the best of all possible worlds, they start to caramelize, and the, the flavors start developing sugar, or those ingredients start developing sugars, which really is the what you really need to make good gravy, not just from a turkey, but really anything. So, like if you're doing like a like a pan gravy from a steak to put over a biscuit or whatever it is, it's, a, it's those brown bits in the pan. Then you hit those with a little bit of water or wine or stock, scrape them on up, get them out of there. Then drain off the solids to get rid of those, but press them really good first, and then pour that into a saucepan, which is a narrower conduit. So. Your goal here is to reduce it so you're concentrating the flavor, but you're not losing all the liquid. And then then you taste. You taste. I often, the key is you want some fat, but not so much fat that that's all you taste. So if there's a super fatty, take that first layer of fat off the top. There's a little bit of a flour and butter component, a roux or a slurry. There's different ways to thicken it. That's I, I literally could talk for an hour about that, so I won't. So then you bring it up to a boil. Reduce it down. That takes out that flour flavor, and then you finish it with, with whatever the love is. I I sometimes I love the flavor. I'm going to say it again of vermouth. It, it's you get that slightly sweet, slightly savory flavor of dry vermouth. Mm-hmm. I love that in gravy. I love a little bit of wine. This is a French thing for me. Um, and my my secret ingredients are honey and Dijon mustard. Just a little bit of each and fresh thyme. This year, I think I'm going to add because I've been going on this massive. Um, our students at Chefs Go know too that you know again, using using seasonal produce and a variety of them, and the best that you can get is what helps to make your food the best. So lately, I've been really into mushrooms for some reason, not the funny kind, the, the shiitake kind. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or I love the, mushrooms. I do too, and they're so good for you, potassium and fiber. And so I've been cooking with them so much. I was uh, I'm, the other morning at my. Uh, my good friend Michael, we wanted we he's he's trying he's learning to cook for me. So I was showing him how to make grits, and he's also going into mushroom things. So we were dry roasting them in a pan, which is my new favorite way to do it. So you don't put any oil, no salt, no, no nothing, just those those mushrooms in the pan, and roast them off until they start getting caramelized. And then then at the end, you can hit it with a little bit of wine or salt and pepper, and they're so delicious. So I'm gonna be doing something like that and putting them in my gravy at the end because. 
I think it'll add a nice texture and it's something easy, but that will add that extra bit of, like I was saying, that extra little something mm -hmm. that we all need this year. And also it's pretty healthy. I think they smell delicious when they're cooking too. Mm. Yes. Sounds so that's good. A, and then all that with that gravy, you can do that. Like I said, with that turkey before, you know, make that little turkey mm -hmm. or even get a turkey breast. Just really a lot of the flavors coming from that skin on the turkey. Brown it off and then make your little dose of your little pan, your little base and finish it. And you can easily reheat it in some simmering water in a, the appropriate container for the, you know, you don't want to use something that's going to melt or put it in the microwave and have it ready. It's really as easy can be, easy as can be. And speaking of easy, um, what would you say are some some new ideas for easy cooking? Like some convenient ways that you can cook and yet still have a delicious quality meal. Um, well, I think I think first of all, again, that we talked about before, is just doing as much as you can in advance. And really, there's so much you can do in advance. Um, I love for Thanksgiving, especially because I, as I've gotten, you know, oh, yes, I've gotten older. <laughs> so, in but, age a bit. Well, oh, thank you. Since thank the last you. time we saw, right? Yeah, no. Still look the same to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, 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 for some reason, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm really loving. You know, there's there's this whole concept of cleaning your palate between you know courses, whether it be with sorbet or whatever. I love a just a really beautiful, simple salad. Just not a lot of ingredients. Just like a nice, beautiful, bright, simple butter lettuce with a beautiful vinaigrette. Maybe this time of year, some pomegranate seeds sprinkled in or a little red onion. Just something really fresh and simple and light. Well, and it's 2020. This year is going to be one where, you know, however you get through it is the way to get through it. There you yes. go. There and you I'm go. really, I, it's, it's just like I was, uh, I, I was thinking as, as we came in today, as Holly and I were talking, you know, I don't think people should be afraid to say, you know, Thanksgiving is your day. Thanksgiving mm -hmm. is about what you choose to do. What you choose to be, being thankful for the thing, which we can always find. Even in a COVID year, we can find things to be thankful for. Yes. I woke and up this morning. Exactly. Go. Good for As you, my I grandfather used to say, I'm upright <laughs> and sniffing the air. Right. <laughs> there you go. See, another reason why I love that. And you know what? I know, like, and, and I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's like, I've never liked turkey. Why do we do this every year? And I was like, You don't have don't to. Do it. Do yeah. carry out. Do yeah. barbecue. Yeah. Some people do, really like beef. Have some pizza. Have ribs. What Whatever you mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. then, or vegetarian, just, just because it, you know it's something that people did. If you didn't like it that much, there's you don't no have reason. to do it. Make you it don't yours. Have to do it. Yeah. Robin, our, our who was one of our instructors, basically the founder, really not just basically, but the, the founder of the Chef's Go program has um, is also having a small Thanksgiving dinner. She loves to cook, fabulous cook, and um, she you know, like most fabulous cooks that love to cook, she also loves to eat delicious food. And she was telling me a little bit about her Thanksgiving. She's going to be sharing it with her husband and her daughter. And that I believe that's it. Maybe her daughter's boyfriend, um, just very small. And they're making shrimp and grits. How wonderful is that? Yeah, yeah sounds um, good. Because her daughter is a, veg is, um, is a pescatarian and they love shrimp and grits and it makes sense and they can give thanks and enjoy that. I'm not sure what else they're having, but that's going to be their main course. They're not... If I understood correctly, not doing turkey, and you know, I love it. I, I like friend, it. You can switch it up. Yeah, a friend yeah. of mine that she that get in four or five years ago, they started doing lasagna. She's like, I'm so tired of turkey and everything. Mm -hmm. So she's like, lasagna is a great idea. So, mm -hmm. so gather around fresh salad. So 
I mean, at this point, I'm starting to feel like I could eat just about anything. <laughs> yes, very much so. The whole table. I was going to say, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to share a tip from now. My father, um, wonderful man, um, uh, putting him in the kitchen was both a hindrance to himself and to endangering anyone around him, including the food. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we just wound up with, as we were winding up, and the you know, this for easy cooking, this popped into my mind and it used to crack me up. The only thing my dad was allowed to prepare would be the cranberry sauce. <laughs> and by sauce, I mean the jellied kind in the can. <laughs> And he had, he loved it. He no, some people it. love it. He went up, but here was they had this whole um, uh, ceremony around it. He took the top off, but you couldn't shake it. You had to let gravity pull mm-hmm. it out. So mm-hmm. it made that mm-hmm. sucking sound. Yeah. And it, it kept the ridges of the cannon so you knew where to slice it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you slice. yeah. And I was like 35 years old before someone gave me real cranberry sauce. So like, wow, this has like bumps and stuff in it. And, Where's the slice mark? And How do you know what it is? You can yeah. shake the can, did you? Because you need to break that suction. I love that. That sounds like a scene. Yeah. It needs to be a scene yeah. from Jerry Seinfeld. I'm pretty sure they based, you know, where Charlie Brown served jelly beans and, <laughs> and popcorn and toast. I think that was based on my dad's idea. Uh, <laughs> I know that. We had that, that feeling of being the, the, the cranberry slicing yes. specialist. Yes. He that was me. stand, <laughs> like, holding it four, five feet above the plate. And my mom's like, what are you doing? She's like, just shake it, dummy. And he's like, no, no. It's There's a technique. Work. There's a technique. It's and tender. There's a slicing, like, you know, operation. Oh, my goodness. I, that was uh, part of my youth as well. My but. mother-in-law, got, she made this wonderful cranberry relish from scratch. I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> I do make that every year, too. Yeah. I make it with fresh cranberries and apples and pecans. No can involved. No can involved. No slicing. It's like, how did you know where to cut it? Right. You used a spoon. We yeah. had the can, too. We had the can and the slice, but, but not the process of the... I, I mean, oh, I could yeah. just see him practically hanging over. Yeah. Wait, wait for it. Every wait year for we it. have the picture that, you know, they, they, we can, we can. Oh, date, well, it was date a tradition. The, date the year by the dropping of the cranberry. <laughs> the dropping of the cranberry. So, we should have had a big one made for New Year's. I you was going to say. The ball comes down. It's a cranberry. It's a cranberry. cranberry. Yeah. My dad and a bird on the top of it. <laughs> That's all New York needs this year. There you go. The bird. The bird. The, the dropping bird. of the berry, cranberry, and my dad. The, the, the dropping of the pat and the bird. There you go. There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's definitely interesting. So I, I think that it's very interesting, as we have learned today, all of the different Thanksgiving traditions and all of the history behind Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, and the um, and the emotions, the, the love. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. And the humor, as Brent has so well. Oh, so yes, well yes, 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 yes. Thank you all so, for letting me play along. <laughs> no, happy to have you here. Um, I was wondering, Brent, if you could remind us where our listeners can get more information about the Chef's Go program. Sure. Th- thank you so much. And, and uh, just want to want to wish uh, all of you a, a very safe, a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope this is a year where. Uh, not only we can all be thankful and safe, but maybe make some new uh, new traditions. But yes, yeah. as far as uh, for uh, you can go to the main um, 
tncc.edu uh, website and click on workforce development and you'll see all of the workforce development programs. And another thing we love people to do is go out. We do have our own uh, workforce development page on Facebook. So it's uh, tncc.wfd um, on there or you can simply go to the main Facebook search box and put in. Uh, we, we have the, the, the overriding what obviously the big Thomas Nelson TNCC page but we have uh, TNCC WFD will show you specifically what's going on with our wonderful workforce development programs like Chefs Go. So. Yes, and I'm sure Brent will put the link to this podcast on that very page. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Check it out. Check it out. Well, I want to thank both of our guests here today, uh, Chef Holly Herrick and uh, as well as Brent Holiday, um, for coming on today and discussing Thanksgiving and uh, updating us about what's going on with the Chef's Go program. Okay. I also want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Yes. Thank again, you very much. there you go. Again, I'm your host, Deborah Godet, along with my co host, Ayanna Tucker. Have a nice day. There you go. Thanks for tuning in to the meetup, and we'll catch you the next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.